Welcome to the NIHR Dementia Researcher podcast, brought to you by DementiaResearcher.nihr.ac.uk, in association with Alzheimer's Research UK and Alzheimer's Society, supporting early career dementia researchers across the world. Hello, I'm Dr. Anna Volkmer, and I am delighted to be back in the hot seat hosting this week's Dementia Researcher podcast. Now, last year, I hosted a show with the team behind the new iStart PIA to elevate early career researchers, a new group that sat under the Alzheimer's Association umbrella. Their mission was to create an interactive, supportive global network to foster, develop and support early career dementia researchers. Today, I'm delighted to be once again joined by five members of their executive committee to discuss the progress they've made and to discuss the launch of their new Dementia ECR Global Survey. So I'm delighted to introduce Dr. Beth Schaban, Dr. Zara Bartels, Dr. Lindsay Velikovic, Wagner Brum, and of course, a person that you're all very familiar with, our very own Adam Smith, who chairs the group. And I'm gonna ask everyone to say hello. So let's start with some introductions. Can you tell us about yourself, Beth? Sure. I'm Beth Shaban, and I am new faculty in the Department of Epidemiology at the University of Pittsburgh. My research involves looking at sex and gender differences and sex and gender specific risk for the pathway from cerebral small vessel disease to Alzheimer's disease pathology. Thank you, Beth. How about Zara? Hi, Anna. Nice to be here. Uh, yeah, my name is Sarah Bartels. I'm originally from Germany. I have a background in neuropsychology. Uh, and last year, I finished my PhD in the Netherlands, which focused on technology and dementia, and specifically the use of digital diaries to understand and support the everyday life of people with cognitive impairments and their caregivers. Now, I work both as a postdoc for Maastricht University still, remotely and uh, for Karolinska Institute here in Sweden, working on psychosocial interventions for people with complex health issues such as dementia, but also chronic pain. And uh, within the PSPA, I have the role of the Continental Lead Europe, and it's great to be here today. Thank you. And um, how about you, Lindsay? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure thing. So I recently graduated uh, from Eagle University with my PhD. Um, and I'm not sure if I can call myself a new postdoc up within the first few months, but I'm transitioning out of new postdoc. <laughs> um, and I work on, I do basic research. So I primarily study how uh, microglia mediate the interaction between amyloid and tau pathology. Um, and I'm currently at Massachusetts General Hospital. Um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to discussing the survey with everyone, obviously. And uh, like Sarah, I, I also um, operate as the North American lead. Um, so yeah. What a variety of exciting research. So Wagner, tell us a bit about your research and yourself. Yeah, sure. So my name is Wagner Blum. Uh, I'm from Brazil uh, and I'm doing my uh, medical degree concomitantly uh, with a, a PhD in biochemistry in Brazil, uh, doing more uh, biomarker focused research. And right now I'm doing part of my PhD here at the University of Gothenburg in Sweden. And both here and in Brazil, my research mainly focuses in uh, understanding fluid biomarkers and how they reflect Alzheimer's disease pathophysiology and how they can aid in decision-making. And within the peers, PIA, I am the South America uh, representative, and I'm very happy to be here with you all to discuss our survey and the goals of our PIA. Fantastic. 
So last but not least, we've got Adam. I want to tell the listeners about you. <laughs> Hi, Anna. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Oh, you're um, welcome. I, so I'm Adam Smith. I'm a programme director at University College London. Um, I'm funded by the NIHR and our office and myself various um, bits of work on our plates. We we are leading some national work to try and improve early career dementia researcher uh, support. We also uh, develop things like joint dementia research for public engagement. We do our, our own research as well. And I have the pleasure of chairing the iStart PIA to elevate early career researchers for the Alzheimer's Association. Fantastic. And that's what it's all about. Um, so what I'm really now interested in is the work you're currently doing. So Beth, could I maybe start with you and ask you quickly to remind our listeners what the iStart is and how the PIAs fit into that. And then I'm going to ask um, some of the others about the project that we want to discuss today. Absolutely. So iStart is the International Society to Advance Alzheimer's Research and Treatment. It's a professional society of the Alzheimer's Association for research scientists, physicians, and other dementia professionals who are active in Alzheimer's disease and related dementias research. They convene a number of meetings throughout the year. So perhaps most well-known to the listeners would be the Alzheimer's Association International Conference or AAIC. And that just took place in July. Uh, this year it was held as a hybrid model of in-person and virtual attendance and presentations. And then of particular interest to early career researchers, they're also holding Neuroscience Next from October 12th to 13th. And this is a virtual conference, which is free to attend, planned by early career researchers for early career researchers and highlighting early career researchers. It'll offer a great mix of, of both scientific and career development sessions. And then to pull it back to the PIAs, the PIAs are professional interest areas. They're special interest groups where researchers from around the world collaborate on everything from supporting researchers like what our PIA does, and its short nickname is PEERS, um, all the way to understanding dementia and contributing factors to interventions to prove dementia outcomes. So a wide array of things that our PIAs are working on. That's brilliant. That's really helpful, actually. As an um, ECR myself, I have to confess, I did, it took me a while. I kind of organically got to know what a nice what I start was and so that was a really neat um summary thank you and I like the new title peers that's it <laughs> that's really great so Adam I mentioned in my introduction that we've got a sense of the overall aims of the peers PIA but can you tell us about this big project the group's been working on please our big exciting projects and I and I, I feel always slightly like an imposter because I'm probably like the oldest person in all of the early career researcher <laughs> thing I'm I'm this like fake ECR outsider that's that's imposing myself on early career researchers but um so when we started our PIA one of the things that we really wanted to do to, was to make sure that we provided some real practical practical help and support not just be somebody else just adding to adding to the space of things that early career researchers had to kind of be aware of. And I think, so we had some ideas about what needed to be done, but we recognized that 
the challenges early career researchers they face and the help that they need isn't always the same. It differs in different parts of the world. It changes at different career stages. It depends on the different field of research that you work in. And I think we wanted to make sure, a bit like my in my day job, I work for Dementia Researcher, we wanted to make sure we could help everybody, whether you're working in fundamental science or care research. Um, so we had this idea of these common themes, but knew everybody probably needed different help, had different challenges. So we wanted to engage and um, listen to what the community had to say and what the problems were, and also get a sense of what support was already out there. Uh, and as you would expect, as a group of researchers, we're rather data-driven, and a survey came in, because <laughs> everybody loves a good <laughs> and another survey. But this is, this is slightly different. So the, uh, this is where the, the survey came in, because I think by... By undertaking this survey across the world, we can listen to what the challenges early career researchers face, start to get a sense of what support they receive in different parts of the world, where the blockages are with their careers, what the real problems are. Um, so we don't just hear what the challenges are, but also what's been doing and done well. And then we can take the results of this, combine it with some other work, which Sarah will talk about, um, to try and both steer our own support offerings, but also as well then to produce guidance for research institutions and funders so that they can hopefully better better improve their own policies to support what ECRs really need. And um, Deborah Oliveira, from, um, also from Brazil, who worked in Nottingham as well, did a great paper, which was quite inspiring last year, where she kind of got a sense as to starting this work. And I think um, it came at a time when we were looking at this as well. Uh, so the survey uh, comes out today. Lindsay's going to talk about the survey as well. But that that's the kind of real inspiration, and that's why people should do it. it I think by completing the survey, we'll make a, an actual difference to the support we provide in future and ho hopefully inform some, some guidance and improve the, the environment we all work within. That's great. And it's almost a person-centred survey. Uh, to apply some of that dementia care talk. I, that's exciting. I'd like to think so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's, yeah, that's a really helpful way of doing it. Because as you said, we've all come from different backgrounds, different ages, we're at different stages, different countries. Lindsay, can you tell us a little bit more about this survey? Yeah, for sure. So the five of us sort of put our collective brains together and we came up with every topic that one could possibly conceive, we hope. Um, but we were really most interested in understanding which professional experiences and life circumstances lead an early career researcher to pursue a career in dementia research and what combination of personal and professional factors might contribute to an ECR actually succeeding in their respective fields and industries. Um, and most importantly, whether young researchers feel fulfilled in their current roles and are optimistic about their future in dementia research. Um, and ultimately, like Adam said, our goal is to use all of this information to help guide future policy and hopefully convince uh, the current and the next generation of students and neuroscientists and medical practitioners that dementia research is a hugely important and worthwhile area of study to pursue. So the five of us 
I, I think we bring pretty unique perspectives because we're at completely different career stages, scientific training. We have completely different personal background. None of us are from the same country. Um, and I think, I think Beth and, and Wagner and I also said that at the time that we were formulating the survey, we were in the throes of pretty significant career transitions. So some of the topics sort of evolved in real time as we were experiencing them. <laughs> so we can certainly sympathize with some of the participants probably as they're going through uh, the survey. Um, and then ultimately, once we put together basically every topic we could think of, we tested the survey with the rest of our executive committee, and uh, we recruited almost too many participants to sort of beta test the questionnaire. Um, and these were dedicated ECRs um, who were also at completely different career stages in different parts of the world and who also speak different languages. Um, and they provided really helpful feedback about how certain questions can be improved and uh, suggestions uh, for questions that we hadn't even thought of um, and that we hadn't considered. Uh, so we hope we were able to successfully integrate their feedback and suggestions. Um, and their input was really invaluable to help us ensure that the survey was accessible, um, as, excuse me, as accessible as possible, and that we can extract as much useful data and information as possible from uh, the respondents. So like Adam said, the survey launches today and like good scientists, it's only successful if we have an adequate sample size and we, if we have enough data from everybody. Um, so, and that's completely dependent on you. So we encourage everyone at all career stages, whether you're just starting out at undergrad or at an assistant professor stage or whatever, um, to participate um, in order to help affect change and also to encourage your colleagues to complete the survey as well. Um, the survey is available on the Dementia Researcher website. Um, I was debating whether or not to actually spell out the URL, but I won't. <laughs> if you just go to the Dementia Researcher uh, URL and at the end, just put a forward slash and survey, you'll be able to find it easily. Hopefully. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what respondents uh, come back. And hopefully we've come, we've covered all areas. <laughs> I think people will find that we have. So yeah. And how long? My the big question is how long will it take people? They're listening and thinking, gosh, I want to do it, but I've pressed for time. How long do they need to? Sure. So we we carefully sculpted <laughs> this yeah, survey yeah. <laughs> such that there were there were no redundant questions and that. Right people's answers would dictate what questions would come afterwards. So it should take like 20, 25 minutes, oh, we hope. Yeah, that's um, not bad. Yeah, and it's, it's it, I mean, to us, it looked like a lot, but like we said, we tried to sculpt it down as much as possible so that it was uh, pretty easy for people to do. So it should only take 20, 25 minutes. And if you wanna pause it and come back, I believe that's a feature as well. So if you're in the lab and you just wanna do it quickly, that's also a possibility. And it, it took us nine months to come up with the questions. So <laughs> this hasn't been a, a survey we just quickly churned out a week ago. It, I think we did we start work on this in January. It feels don't tell like... them how the sausage is made, Adam. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 20, but... 20 minutes is like an instant compared to, to, to what but we put into it. That's what I mean. It's yeah, it's a short time. It's a lot of thought. But I think you made a really good point there, Anna and uh, Lindsay. And Anna, as a communications expert, you'll raise this about the different languages. Trying to make sure that you could also yeah. arrive at a form of words that would make sense, whether you were reading this in Brazil or Australia or in Europe or the US, was it was quite tricky. Mm, and we were just debating about translation, weren't we? About actually, that's tricky. But I, from what I understand, at the moment, it's all in English. Oh, that's really helpful. So it's in English, it's 20 minutes, you can pause it and restart it. Please go and do it because you guys have done such a thorough, thorough job. Um, but Zara, Adam mentioned that the survey was just one piece of work that's going to contribute 
to the guidance you're all hoping to produce. So tell us about the policy work that you're leading on. Yeah, I mean, the survey is a bit like bottom up and the policy work is top down if you if you want to compare it that way. So we uh, aim to yeah, identify what kind of policy um, plans and strategies are out there around the world to support early career research, researchers in the field of dementia. Um, first, we will see if a country has a dementia plan or strategy or not, and then also identify the large, uh, largest dementia funding bodies. Uh, and secondly, we will then review, do they specifically support early career researchers, ECRs, um, or are they broader for research in general, for specific topics? Um, and the idea is then to provide a best practice guide, potentially together with the World Dementia Council and other organizations, um, to identify yeah, best practice and improve the field also from the top-down perspective. Uh, we know, of course, early career life is in many fields difficult, um, but maybe there are some good examples out there that we can support and then circulate around the, the globe um, through this policy work. And so are there any yeah. countries that you know of already that have these kind of dementia strategies in place? Um, a resource that I identified that was really helpful to start with, I mean, we are just starting this, this project up now, it's very early stages, yeah. was the Alzheimer Europe website. They have an overview of the European countries and their strategies. And there I saw that a couple of countries actually don't have a strategy. Estonia, uh, Latvia, Turkey, they don't have dementia strategies. And therefore, I'm not sure how the early career researchers are supported in these countries. Um, maybe they have other support systems that we can identify. But for now, uh, it's really a, yeah, a very interesting topic to look into and to see what's going on around the world. Absolutely. And that's why I'm guessing it would be so helpful to get the survey distributed to all these countries that you're, you know, that you've just named. But um, now Wagner, you, you mentioned you're from originally from Brazil and South America is one of the places that really seems to be contributing a lot of the dementia research field. How do you think that the work of your PIA and policy work like this can actually help ECRs? So, uh, yeah, I really think that uh, South America has been contributing a lot to dementia research recently. I mean, just now in AIC, we had the plenary with Professor Nitrini, but we also in other countries of South America, for instance, we have Professor Lucia Crivelli in Argentina doing the finger study. And for instance, Professor Yaquid Quiroz, that despite being in Boston, leads an amazing work with the Colombian families affected by Alzheimer's. So for us that are always like reading and engaging with mostly like European and North American literature, it's really nice to also actually be and feel that uh, South America is also starting to, to, to play into the picture. Uh, and I think that uh, our PIA can really make a difference in that sense because, I mean, in my experience, what I felt really made a difference in my career as an early career researcher is to be connected with what's happening in the international research community and to be connected with peers in the international research community. Uh, I mean, when I joined my lab, in 2018, they were discussing the, the guideline that came out this year, in, in that year. So, I mean, and for instance, when we are in, 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 in non-Europe or North American countries, uh, it's even more of an, an effort for you not to be like restricted to national publications and journals and literature and actually 
keep up with what's happening in other places. So for me, knowing what was happening was crucial. And then we kept on, kept on working like in that, in that direction. And then in AIC 19, I, I, I just felt a part of something when I got there. I mean, we were studying what was happening. We were doing research in that line and there was a bunch of other people doing the same. So I think that like, even when Adam invited me to, to, to be a part of the PIA, I felt like this is something that I believe in because connecting with the research community and connecting with what's happening is what changed uh, the game for me as an early career researcher. So I really hope that we can do that with peers. So uh, we are thinking of many ways that we can help the early career researcher community with actions. So first we think like in the obvious pandemic uh, era things that we can do, for instance, like webinars, we are doing a series of methods, webinars to engage early career researchers to share their experiences. And of course, we will have the opportunity now with the survey that we are all hoping that uh, everyone can help in completing and asking their colleagues to complete to understand what kind of more like need-based uh, actions we can take. And for instance, from uh, a South America perspective, something that I do know that is like, it's something that can be invested even more on, but that will for sure see that something that's working is for instance, the travel fellowships. Because everyone that uh, in South America uh, makes advantage and, and, and has travel fellowships to go to other conferences and to connect, I'm sure that they all think that this is the thing that, that makes all the difference. So it's that kind of thing that we want to know like what's working and what we can even put more energy and funding on so we can connect everyone. Yeah, networking connections are the key, aren't they? I, I'm curious with the survey, we've, we've spoken about South America and we've spoken about Europe. Are there any other countries or continents that you're particularly keen to get respondents from or ha have you not talked about that particularly? It's tricky, isn't it? I mean, because I think proportionally, of course, there are, I think, you know, you'd like some proportional representation from across the world. I'd expect a bigger response from the US, clearly, where there are more researchers and then Europe. And um, But I think there's, because there's different things happening in different parts of the world, we know, you know, we know that research in Nigeria or in China and Australia has a different focus and emphasis to perhaps elsewhere in the world. So, um, no, I, I think it's really important that we try to get contributions. And as I said, this isn't just finding out what the problems are for for researchers in New Zealand compared to Europe, although that in itself is interesting. But I think I really want to know what what's what what isn't a problem for somebody. So you know there aren't the same bottlenecks perhaps in the in Australia compared to the US, which which allows us to to change our guidance. And it might be actually that the 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 output of this isn't a single piece of guidance. And I know Beth's going to talk about this in a minute, but actually it allows us to to define what support is needed in different parts of the world and then be able to respond to that. Um, and hopefully as a global organization, Alzheimer's Association and our PIA will be able to respond to that. And then I guess to put in my topics worth, I'd be keen to disseminate this to um, researchers coming from the kind of healthcare world into research, because I think there maybe there certainly are different bottlenecks. Just for example, at the AAIC, I don't think there were more than a handful of speech and language therapists, which is my discipline, um, who attended. And yet, um, Wagner's just 
spoken about how it's a really wonderful way of connecting with people, almost your family of people who are all doing the same research. Um, so yeah, I think I'm, it'd be really interesting to read the results. Um, but Beth, what other things does your PIA plan to do over the coming year other than this survey? Yeah, I, I think this also ties in very nicely with what you and Adam were just talking about with um, responses from around the world. Mm -hmm. So we've been very intentional on our, when we were forming our executive committee last year, so that we have a representative from each continent outside of Antarctica. Um, and we think that's really important because we're excited that these continent leads can really help us roll things out with the survey um, in their part of the world. And they'll know more locally what are the, um, other professional associations that we might connect with and what the needs of uh, the early career investigators are in that area. So we're, exciting, uh, we're excited about the continent leads actually in the next year convening continent working groups. And we think this will really allow us to better tailor um, the, the resources that we provide to early career researchers. We're also excited about uh, one of the things that Wagner mentioned. So our webinar series called the Methods Club. For each Methods Club, we identify a research or analytic uh, method of interest to early career dementia researchers. And each webinar is chaired by a non-expert who really wants to get to learn more about the topic because we feel that they will know what questions to ask and what words won't be understood by everyone in attendance. Uh, we have two to three presentations from early career researchers, and then we include one to two seasoned experts in the area so that they can help answer the questions and provide feedback to the presenters. So we already held the one, um, I think Wagner mentioned it, it was about biofluid biomarkers. It was very well attended. Um, I will say that there was very heavy interest from um, Asia, from China. We know it was very well attended there. And so there is an appetite for more uh, resources like this. And you heard from, from Sara about the uh, policy review. And then finally, we're interested in developing some more career support, um, specifically through a career support blog and improvements in the uh, Career Center on iStart's website. So those are the things that we're excited about this next year. They are exciting. They sound like things that I could benefit from. I'll be... <laughs> I know. We selfishly yeah. want to benefit from these ourselves too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be at those methods workshops and I'll be uh, following the uh, career support stuff. Um, now we, we are actually almost out of time, but um, Adam, we've talked about a lot of this today and I just want us to hone in on the key points. Remind us of the main takeaways that you want our listeners to act on right now. Okay. So simply go to dementiaresearcher.nihr.ac.uk forward slash survey and complete our survey. Um, we need as many people as from across the world to do this at all career stages, uh, both people working in dementia research now or if you have done but have for some reason chosen to leave within the last two years because I think we want to understand why people left as well. Uh, and this is from all grades, from from people working as on an MSc or a PhD postdocs, as um, Lindsay explained, right through to you know kind of junior professors. I think go to the survey, dementia researcher forward slash survey, 
and and complete that. There's no reward, I'm afraid, other than the knowledge that you've you've helped. We will, of course, be publishing the results as well in an academic journal. So we will aim to publish the results as soon as possible, and they will. Uh, your views will really matter and go on to inform that guidance. Um, join our iStart PIA, of course, as well. If you go to uh, iStart, you get attendance at the Neuroscience Next conference that uh, has been mentioned today as well. That's free for neuro for iStart members. You can join our PIA and access all the webinars. There are literally dozens of webinars every week um, and all the recordings because nobody has time to attend that many webinars. Um, but you also get things like you get access to Alzheimer's and dementia, I think, free as well and various other yep. benefits. So do join our PIA. Um, there's going to be opportunities to get involved in these continent working groups that was mentioned before. So if you're uh, wherever you are in the world, there will be a place for you to, on one of our continent working groups, whatever field of discovery you work in as well. So do um Join iStar and our PIA, and there'll be a call out for those memberships. I'm sure in one of our newsletters in the uh, before Christmas. Um, so that that's the main, I think, takeaways. And um, do let us know if you want to be involved. We hope the the results will be useful. And so, the incentive is to do the survey and pay it forward, and and that will help others in the future. That's really great. Thank you, Adam. And for everyone listening, all the links you will need will be included in the text that comes with the show. Um, so I think this is all we have time for today. Thank you again to our guests, Beth, Sarah, Lindsay, Wagner and Adam. We have profiles on all today's panellists on the website, including details of their Twitter accounts. So please do take a look. Finally, please remember to like, subscribe in whichever app you're listening in. And remember to visit the Dementia Researcher website where we publish new content every day from careers and science blogs, job listings, funding calls and events, and so much more. Oh, and my own blogs too. One recently on, uh, you know, moving on with my own career. So it's been lovely hearing uh, about all the tips and hints that you've been sharing today. Now that's it for now. Have a great day. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Anna. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Brought to you by DementiaResearcher.nihr.ac.uk in association with Alzheimer's Research UK and Alzheimer's Society, supporting early career dementia researchers across the world.